The Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association is a national bilingual association of professionally trained counselors. CCPA's members work in diverse fields of education and employment and career development, social work, business, industry, mental health, public service agencies, government, and private practice. Their 2019 conference was jointly presented with the International Association for Counseling. It was held May 13 to 16, 2019 at the Delta Beauséjour Hotel in Moncton, New Brunswick. I'm your host, Mark Franklin, practice leader of a team of career professionals at CareerCycles.com and co-founder of One Life Tools. I'm pleased to be your host today on Career Buzz. Working through trauma is always challenging, but seeking help as a queer, indigenous person is often so common complex that many people don't reach out. Stell Raven deconstructs the Western view of gender and weaves in elements of minority stress theory. Stell's keynote was called Queering and Decolonizing Trauma Work, a Path for Two-Spirit Wellness. Stell Raven is an Indigenous, queer, trans, two-spirit individual with a Master's of Social Work. They work as a clinical therapist in private practice, specializing in queer, trans, and two-spirit wellness, as well as recovery from complex trauma. Stell Raven, welcome to Career Buzz. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. What do you like about your career these days? I really appreciate the flexibility of being able to work when I want to work. I really dive into things that I'm really interested in and then take time away when it works for me, not having to work to somebody else's schedule. Nice. We're here at the Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association conference. You gave a keynote, a wonderful keynote, just this morning. So I know you do keynotes. Mm-hmm. What else do you do? What is your career these days? Hmm. So I big chunk of my career is working in private practice. So doing individual therapy sessions or family group therapy sessions, also group work. Um, with a specialty focusing on complex trauma and or issues relating to queer or trans identities. And I also teach and I facilitate workshops with various organizations of, from groups, businesses, community organizations that are looking to increase their awareness about things relating to either trauma or queer and trans identities. Nice. So in all that work one-on-one and teaching and speaking, what would you say the top few skills or strengths that you draw on to be to be successful? You know, I think probably one of the largest strengths that I bring to the table is just my lived experience um, as a queer, trans, two-spirit individual, as an indigenous individual, having been able to take my lived experiences and learn from them and implement them in the way that I present as a therapist as well as an educator. Nice. Like authenticity almost, like being right. true to your experience, your lived experience. Yes. It's an interesting answer. I, I ask that question a lot on Career Buzz and authenticity. It's an interesting perspective on a strength. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's like what I mentioned in my keynote when I said, for me, the personal is professional. There is no divide in those worlds for me. And that's something I feel really strongly about. And especially as an Indigenous individual, I've been taught by elders and um, community members that that authenticity, bringing my whole self to the things I'm engaging in, that's really the essence of life. And I think that's one of the things that I really also appreciate about where I'm at in my career now is I get to do that wholeheartedly. I don't have somebody else who is telling me, well, actually, this part of who you are or this value set that you have, you need to shift during these interactions or 
for this period of time. Shift. I mean, we're going to talk about self-censoring, and I know that's a topic you speak about, though, but bringing your whole self in a wholehearted way, so nice to hear. Um, I'm speaking to uh, Stel Raven. They uh, do counseling, consulting, and collaboration. I'm your host, Mark Franklin, here on Career Buzz. So, um, Stel, if, if we looked at one, maybe two turning points in your career that brought you to this really kind of unique place where you're doing the one-on-one teaching facilitating in that authentic voice how did you get here what's a quick uh, turning point story that you can share with listeners i think the biggest turnaround point for me was a place that i know many mental health professionals get to and that's the place of burnout and many years ago i was just at a place it was still quite early in my career um but i just i I felt overwhelmed with the caseloads that were being presented to me. I felt so internally conflicted with how I wanted to engage as a therapist, but the limitations that agencies were putting on me. And I just felt it was soul sucking, really. (laughs) And for me, I had to, I had to walk away and I had to figure out for my own health and well-being. I'm also a parent of um, an 11 year old currently 11 and 8 and for me it was really important that I was able to engage in that relationship in a way that was healthy and that I had parts of myself left for them that they weren't just getting the leftovers and I couldn't continue to practice the way that I was practicing and parent the way that I wanted to parent so I I had to take the risk of stepping away and rebuilding something that actually worked Hmm. how long ago was that um that would have been bad with time by probably six years six ago. Six years ago. And, and just to clarify for listeners, prior to that, you mentioned agency. So you were working as like a social worker or a counselor in a funded agency. Right. Yeah. With different provincial health boards. Got it. Great. So, so let's turn our attention to some of the topics that you covered this morning. Just to, to pick one to begin with, you talked about self-censoring and you know, many people experience that when you spoke about it, I could relate to it. And I know I've spoken to thousands of clients myself, and especially in the workplace. What kinds of self-censoring do you notice, do you hear from your clients that goes on in a workplace setting? That's a really good question. Um, I think especially if we're looking at gender identity and sexual orientation, there's a lot of self-censoring that come with that of questioning how open can I speak about my experiences? We're in a workplace, so you know we're, we're talking about the things we're engaging with professionally, but there's also elements of ourselves that we bring to our workplace. And for some individuals who aren't part of marginalized populations, you might just throw out pieces without having to think about it. But oftentimes, you know, if you're talking about transition-related stuff or partners who are the same gender, there's this moment, almost a pause, that needs to happen of, can I share that? What will the response be if I share this piece of who I am, even if it is just a very casual response? So if we go from the um, self-censoring that an individual might do and experience, let's go over to the organizational side for a second. You know, one of the topics that you covered this morning was decolonization. You know, and we all, like for Canadians anyways, we know this was a 
colonized country. We know the word, and as you were pointing out, we're all familiar with the word. Mm -hmm. um, but just to take it down a level and say, what does this actually mean? You know, and I know I appreciated you, you spent some time on definitions, and maybe we actually need that here before we move on to how an organization might implement some of the values of decolonization. You did make the distinction between um, indigenizing mm -hmm. and decolonizing. Maybe we could right. just start briefly and let <laughs> listeners know, what do we actually mean by these two terms? Mm. So indigenizing would be the process of implementing indigenous ways of being into a program, including the way policies are written, the way the organization is established or structured. Decolonizing would be taking a step back and looking at how has an organization been created and how has Western perspectives been really, I want to, they oftentimes that's what's valued. So it's not even, that's not even questioned. It's this is the way this agency is going to run and be created. And a colonial viewpoint is just so much a part of our Western culture that we often don't even think about it. Um, and the distinction is that in, indigenizing material and organizations really is something that is a place for individuals who are indigenous, who are familiar with culture, who, who have those experience and that knowledge base. But decolonizing is something that is, there's a role for everybody, regardless of your lived experience, regardless if you're indigenous or not, or a member of a marginalized population or not. We all have a role to play in the process of decolonization. All right, so let's take up that role now, mm -hmm. right? And, and from an organizational point of view, I mean, you spoke this morning to a whole room full of counselors and therapists, and that's one group, and we counselors and therapists have a specific perspective that we should keep in mind a kind of lens. But now organizations, what can they do? What would you say to an organization if they said, hey, Stel, come on in and help us learn your perspective. We want to understand this better and we want to implement these decolonizing values. Where do you even mm. begin with that? You know, I think one of the most important things before you can begin a process of decolonizing is actually to learn about and honor the history of colonization. You can't decolonize something if you don't understand what colonization is. And we're kind of moving in a place where we're starting to talk about colonization as if it's in the past. And it's really important that we honor and recognize that it's actually something that's continuing to happen. It's not something that's happened in the past. It's something that continues to happen today in many ways, formally and informally. So one of the first things that an organization needs to do is learn the history, learn, understand what are the impacts of colonization and how has our agency been built through a colonial lens. Agency or any workplace, not just any, an agency. Yeah. We could have an organization, a not-for-profit, a for-profit. Right, a committee. <laughs> Anything can really... Maybe just put a, a shout-out. I did a thing called the Kairos Blanket Project. Are you familiar with that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Right, just as a way to learn the history. It's a very powerful experiential thing. Many Canadians can access this. They go around, I think, the country yes. to do that um, as one form of learning, you know, what was the experience of colonization. And it was a pretty moving and impactful experience. Mm -hmm. So what can, what can listeners do if they want to start kind of getting a grasp on the history? And it's not just history, as you say, it's past and present. Right. Besides doing the Kairos Blanket Project, which I encourage listeners to check 
check out? How else can we begin to learn that history? There are books that have been written by Indigenous individuals that talk about the impacts of colonization. There are, there are podcasts that are out there. There are YouTube videos. There are one, I think gaining knowledge from all sources is important. It's important to be critical and to really think and assess where is this information coming from? Who is writing this information? Because there are some, some individuals might be writing things who don't have this lived experience. So, you know, you have to be mindful of where you're gaining the information, but it is becoming more and more accessible. I, I caution individuals to not expect Indigenous folks to be the ones who are responsible for educating you. It's not your colleague who's, you know, sitting beside you in the office. It's not their role to give you that that information that's harmful, that perpetuates the experiences of colonization, the experiences of self-censoring, all of those things. It's a really difficult situation to navigate if you're the one who's being put in that position of trying to educate those around you. So it's really your job to seek out those no that knowledge, that knowledge base, and then to talk with individuals who are putting themselves in a position where they're saying, I want to educate you. Myself being here in this role, I'm making a very clear message that I want to educate other individuals about this. So it's all right to come and ask me about this. My guest today is uh, Stell Raven. They do counseling, consulting, and collaboration. I'm your host, Mark Franklin, here on Career Buzz. Stell, can you just remind listeners the name of that keynote that you gave this morning, just mm -hmm. to kind of put some context around it? It was a pretty impactful title. Right. It was Aquarian and Decolonizing Trauma Work. Um, a two-spirit journey to wellness. So even just that, as listeners hear that, right, there's so many things that we could talk about, but in a, in a minute or two more, I just want to pick up on what you're saying. And if we could kind of take that decolonizing perspective and give some examples, like turn it into something. It's these assumptions almost that are unspoken, that are things that are going on because of the colonizing effects. Can you provide us with one or two examples that might kind of give people a sense of what that would look like if we're trying to decolonize our organizations? What's an mm -hmm. example? One example could just be work ethic and the assumption that individuals, the assumption that if somebody is not prioritizing the work that they're doing, that that has some sort of comment on their work ethic when really it's not a comment about work ethic at all it's a it's a comment about values and if you value maybe family or um wellness through a different lens sometimes that can create dynamics within workplaces connecting specifically to some of the things i was talking about in the keynote um in relation to gender identity and the assumption that we all walk this world as either male or female and that we're more aware that trans identities exist but that that means that you were assigned female at birth and now you want to identify as male or vice versa that there's we're not making space for this other way of being that is actually really much broader than just male or female an assumption that if you are transitioning that it looks this way that it's a linear path when really our life is not linear, we're so, you know, murky. I had that ball of yarn up on the slide during the presentation, and that really is life. That's yeah. all elements of life. Is yeah. we're, we're this really 
murky ball of yarn that's very colorful. Yeah. If I could just pick up on that, because I thought it was really powerful in your talk, that the, um, the gender identity piece and the two-spirit quality that you talked about, and you gave a couple of quotes from missionaries or whatever, mm -hmm. and then it, the, the quotes clearly showed how the colonizer, the missionaries, looked at the two-spirited people, which seemed pretty normal to indigenous communities back then, and they just saw that as an aberration that needed to be fixed. The quote was brilliant. I thought that was very impactful. So what you're saying is in our organizations, even this idea that there's such a thing as a clearly delineated, binary, gendered world is a colonized perspective. Mm -hmm. It is. And how do we make space for different experiences? And, and that can be, you know, into very tangible ways of how do we make space for individuals who are engaging in different variations of transition in the workplace? How do we go about supporting them so clients they're working with they feel support from their agency, so when they're navigating difficulties maybe with clients, they know, well, I don't have to navigate these difficulties within my agency. If you, you know, just to pull the threads together now, I mean, if you gave a talk along the lines of what you gave this morning into an organization, if they invited you in to do the talk, what is that talk that you want to give to organizations in general? Would it still be called the same thing? Do you have another name for it? Mm. What, what would we be doing if we were out there talking to organizations across this land? I think the title would shift because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be about the journey of wellness for two-spirit identity. It would be the wellness within workplace. And how do we create that environment, that community within all the places that we work, be it nonprofits, large corporations, committee works that we're doing. Yeah, I can see a subtitle for that, Workplace Wellness, and some sort of subtitle that yeah. brings in this decolonizing perspective. Um, Stella, last question, just to pull threads together. Now that you've had your own lived experience, some listeners are trying to wonder what they're going to do next in their career and life. What's one thing that you can share with listeners about something you've learned to make good life and career choices? Now that you've shared a bit of your own story, you're stepping away from the agency. Right. What, what's one thing you've learned that you can share with listeners about that as they journey on their path? The time will never feel right. It, there won't be that moment when you go, now is the time when it's the right time to make these changes that I want to make. You'll feel the anxiety. You are taking a risk. If you're trying to shift the way you're doing things, there is risk involved and you'll feel that. You'll feel the anxiety. And, you know, it's back to that cliche saying of take the leap and trust the net will be there. It really, that really is so important to keep in mind. Great advice. Stell Raven, thanks so much for joining us here on Career Buzz. Thank you. You've been listening to interviews recorded at the Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association's 2019 conference in Moncton, New Brunswick, here on Career Buzz. We're Canada's unique radio conversation that empowers lives enriches careers and energizes organizations. I'm your host, Mark Franklin. You can find out more about me at careercycles.com. If you have comments on today's interviews, please email me, mark with a K at careercycles.com. Technical production today was by Kat Klippenstein. Catch Career Buzz every Wednesday, 11 till noon Eastern time on CIUT 89.5 FM in the Toronto area or CIUT.FM worldwide. Go to careercycles.com and click podcast. I'm Mark Franklin. Thank you for listening to Career Buzz.